the truth about month 11 and what it's like doing backpackers ministry. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Creative for More podcast. I'm Morgan White. This episode should be shorter than the last few I've done because I don't have a guest this time and I just wanted to update you on how the last month of the world race is going so far and then share some thoughts with you at the end about some stuff that was put on my heart recently. Um, Our squad of 37 people got together at the beginning of this month in the capital city of Quito. We met up at a hostel to split into our groups. I think I told you a little bit about what the setup is like for this month, how it's different than past months. We took a survey about where we want to serve or what type of people group we want to reach out to or whatever, and then got placed with those on the squad who have a shared interest in that ministry. A couple days prior to getting to that hostel with the whole squad, I was approached by a couple people who had chosen the backpackers ministry, and they had this idea to kind of form a hybrid group, a few people from the Venezuelan refugee group, a few people from the backpackers group, and then travel together and try to reach out to both demographics. Um, And so whenever we got together as a squad, I was praying about it more, talking to the Venezuelan refugee group, which is the one that I had originally chosen, loved their vision, loved their heart, their ideas that they had for the month, and just got a little bit conflicted. I was like, oh, I want to kind of stay with them. I also like this idea of going out, though, with this other group and kind of forming something new. So one morning, the very first morning, I guess, we had gotten there at night, woke up, all got together as a squad upstairs in this really cool yoga studio, had some worship time and stuff like that. The squad leaders were kind of prompting us different things. They were like, you know, ask the Lord, like what his expectations are for you this month. And I just like immediately heard him say, I don't have any expectations for you, no agenda. I want you to rest this month, to just run with me, see what happens, what doors I open up for you and just walk through them as they come and take it a day at a time. Very much so like a more zoomed out approach rather than kind of focusing and zeroing in on one type of ministry, I guess. I just felt like a lot of freedom and flexibility and mobility and stuff like that to just kind of roam around. Um, I think he knows me really well and I love to kind of not be in one place for too long and I think he was gifting me that with this month. I think it was also going to be a very self-beneficial month which might sound kind of weird but I think he's providing a lot of opportunity for me to process the past year and to rest and set myself up best for whenever we go home one of the squad leaders also said, like, you know, what's what's what word is he speaking over your month, this last month in Ecuador? And the first word I heard, heard was restitution, which I had to Google what that meant right there while we were all sitting there and found out that it means basically like to return to, repair, heal, come back to, that kind of thing. And so I think it was for me personally, which is really fun. Um, so I agreed to split off and go with this other group. So three of us from the Venezuelan refugee group and five from the backpackers group, um, came together and formed this little hybrid group and decided that we would travel around, stay in a place until we felt led to go to the next one. Um, so there's eight of us. Our first stop was a city called Montanita. It's way out on the West Coast. We took this really long overnight bus ride to get there. And it's a beach town, so it's super laid back. Definitely a lot of travelers. Perfect for, like, quote-unquote, backpackers ministry, like we were talking about and what we were hoping for. Um, the hostel itself had a lot of people from Europe and stuff like that. I personally decided to, like, spend 
the majority of my time like in town kind of walking around and seeing what happened also a lot of time by the water being on a beach is one of my favorite things being from Missouri that's not something I have the opportunity to do a lot but on the race I've had the great blessing of being able to do a few times and something I think I had to remind myself is that like if it doesn't feel natural for me sometimes you have to fight against your flesh and like put yourself out there and be uncomfortable but like if it's not my desire or a trait of mine you know to like go and play pool at the hostel because I don't play pool normally I know that would be a great spot to go like talk to more people or like hang out at the bar at the hostel or even go into town and hang out at the bars and stuff um I don't have to feel pressure to go and do that just to like have conversations with people. I can go do something that is like fun and appealing to me personally. And like the desires that he puts in our hearts are there for a reason. And he wants to open up specific doors for us. So if I want to hang out by the beach for several hours, I can do that. And then a girl walked by and we had a great conversation. Or I can go buy apples at this random little grocery store and talk to the lady who works there um, and who lives there you know so just really trying to be open and interruptible and not feel so much pressure to like do things a very certain way just because other people are doing it that way or because I feel like there's some sort of expectation to do that or check off a box so that was a cool realization I had I also think that he did just bring a lot of rest those three or four days that we were there at the beach it's such a relaxed environment and I feel like it set me up really well for the rest of this month because there's a lot we're doing and then towards the end it just gets kind of hectic and you're thinking about the future a lot and you're thinking about home and so I think he wanted me to kind of sit and process things with him while also having fun we got to go whale watching which was so cool that is not what I expected to do I was going to try to stay on a really strict budget but then an opportunity came up to do it for $20 and it was like a whole day's worth of activities and like food and like the chance to swim and scuba dive or not scuba dive snorkel I guess but also just being out on the water was so refreshing the whales were so beautiful and playful. It's mating season for them during these few months. It was just such a cool opportunity to go out there. I loved taking photos. That's totally my aesthetic. The blues and grays and like water and stuff. That was really, really fun. Um, and a great opportunity to like hang out with the people on this new little team that we have for the month um, among my squad and then also like talk to other people on the boat who were, who were there taking the same tour. Um, so that was great. Had a lot of fun in Montanita, but then quickly kind of moved on to um, a town called Cuenca, which is where we are right now. So this is stop number two. Complete opposite vibe. We went up in altitude, drove through the Andes Mountains, which we've been driving through a lot these past couple months, which is so fun. Um, but yeah, the temp the temperature immediately dropped a lot. We had this fun little pit stop at one point at like 7 p.m. The sunset was beautiful, but we were so high up in the in like this mountain range and like on this little highway and we were like above the clouds and it was so beautiful. I was hoping that we'd stop. Like we looked out the window, we saw this incredible view. The sky was so beautiful. The clouds all below us, just like a blanket. It was amazing. And I was like, oh, if only we could like pull over. And then literally the bus stops, which is so funny. It was like a bathroom break time. So I run out there and like just kind of soaked it in and took some pictures. And s similar things like that have happened um, so far this month. Like whenever we we're out whale watching, I really wanted to see a 
a whale's tail. It's like iconic. It's just, it's the tail of a whale. I don't know what else to say. I wanted to see one. Uh, I think that's normal. Um, and it wasn't happening. And I was like, Jesus, just give me a tail. And then literally a little baby calf like flipped its tail up in the air. And then we got to see like a bunch more after that. It was so fun. And then on one of, our, I think it was the overnight bus ride or one of the bus rides we've taken so far this month, it got so hot and stuffy and I was starting to get car sick. And I was like, Jesus, please get the AC working because it was like broken or off or something. I was like, please, I just need some airflow. Like if you can do that. And then the bus kind of slows down for a second and all of a sudden I feel air and the AC kicked on. So that was really fun. So I'm trying to like exercise this whole thing that like God is a real person and you know, like lives in us. We're communicating with him. We're living every day with him. You can ask him for things and sometimes it happens and it's really cool. I don't know. That was random. Anyways, we're in Cuenca now. So it's about 60 degrees. I'm wearing jeans and a jacket and it's so good. I love cold weather because over in Montanita on the coast, of course, it was super warm. I got sunburnt and stuff. I got to wear my shorts a little bit longer and things like that and like sandals and stuff. But like I'm really happy to be in cooler weather because we've just had summer weather for like the definitely the majority of the race, the one exception being Lesotho. And then even before that, we had summer back in the United States right before we launched. So I've just been living in summer for like 15 months. And my favorite is like fall and winter and like cooler temperatures. So it's cool to be in Cuenca. It's a world heritage site, which means essentially that they have a lot of really well-preserved buildings from a long time ago. These buildings were um, built back during the colonial era, era whenever Spain was in control of Ecuador. Just tons of beautiful cathedrals, brick roads and brick sidewalks and all of that and like so many beautiful little buildings. Sometimes it feels like we're in Italy or Europe or something or like Dublin. It's super cool. I really love this vibe. It's a fun change up. I love the beach of course as well but like it's really nice being here. Also a lot of tourists um, because it's, it's like the third largest population in Ecuador so a lot of people come here to visit but it's been super chill. Like all day yesterday, it's only been two nights that we've been here, um, all day yesterday I just walked around with a few of the people from our team, a couple of my friends, took pictures and like visited the cathedrals and like, I don't know, had coffee that morning and stuff like that. Today I decided I wanted to take the day by myself and just kind of have some introvert time and process some things and whatever and just sort of like rest and that's something I really enjoy. And so I went back to that same coffee shop this morning, um, listened to a great podcast, stuff like that, but then also just started to walk around. What's interesting is that I started to feel really frustrated and kind of overwhelmed and insecure. I don't know, as soon as we got to this city... I, I knew that I wanted to be more proactive and trying to talk to people and stuff and like, you know, really get after it. Again, not in a weird, like pressured way, but just being natural and being like, God, I'm open to whoever you want to send my way. And I noticed a lot of people with like um, canes and crutches and stuff like that. And on my last team, it was a real, it was really big in our culture to pray for people for healing. Um, really got me out of my comfort zone. Now I'm here with a different team. It's a new month, stuff like that. I don't know. And I saw all these people on the sidewalk and I was like, I would love to pray for them. I also don't speak a lot of Spanish. I also don't really know if that's a gift I walk in very naturally, blah, blah, blah. Just like all this stuff. 
And so that was like a lot of the first night we got here and then a little bit yesterday. But today, especially when I was by myself walking around, just, you know, enjoying the city, taking pictures and stuff, but like trying to be open, like, geez, like people with canes and stuff were walking past me left and right. And I was just getting so frustrated with myself. I was like, why can I not go talk to one of them? I feel so weird and unconfident about it right now. And I actually started like crying a little bit. Like I had my sunglasses on and I'm like physically walking down the sidewalk and people are passing me and stuff. And I was just like, oh, like, I don't know what this tension is that I feel that I, I want to try, but I also don't like, do I just feel like it's what's expected for me to do because I'm like a missionary right now. And so I need to go pray for the crippled people, you know, like just this weird, like thing happening in my mind, like this back and forth argument with myself. Um, and so at one point, um, I realized I wanted to buy some apples for these few days while we're here at the hostel. And there was this cute little old lady selling apples and other fruits on the side of the street. And so with my limited Spanish that I know, but I can ask, you know, like, hello, how are you? Um, I want apples. How much are they? Blah, blah, blah. And so I'm purchasing five apples from this lady for a dollar and I'm asking her if she has kids, if she has a husband, where is she from? She asks me if I'm from the United States, like she could already tell. And I told her that, you know, I'm here with like, 30 other people in the country, blah, blah, blah. We're volunteers with the church, stuff like that. Having like a decent conversation, just like, you know, using the Spanish that I know. And then at at one point just asked if I could pray for her and she was a little reluctant. I'm not sure what her faith looked like, but you could tell she was like, okay, sure. Like, I don't know, just kind of weird about it. And so I just was like, okay. I'm like, you know, just sitting on my knees on the sidewalk at this point, like next to her little stand and I'm just praying for her in English and stuff. And I know that she was just watching me the whole time, but I like closed my eyes and stuff and looked down and whatever. And then just like shook her hand. I was like, thank you for the apples, you know, like have a good day, blah, blah, blah. And she was really sweet and smiled and stuff. And I was like, okay, like, that's fine. That's a step in the right direction. Natural conversation. I wanted to buy apples and I got to talk and pray with her. Cool. That's great. And then like the, one of the very next people that I saw was this man with a cane. And I was like, shoot, here we go. I was like, you know what? It's fine. I'm not going to feel like I need to talk to him. He freaking reaches out his hand and talks to me and is asking for money. Um, but he is limping and stuff. And I was like, you know, Oh, like, lo siento, yo hablo un poquito español. Just, like, telling him, like, I'm sorry, I, you know, I only speak a little bit of Spanish, blah, blah, blah. I was like, um, I don't know. And sometimes, you know, you choose to, like, give them money and sometimes, like, it's better just to try to converse with them and pray with them. Whatever you feel led to do, I, like, see the, the benefit either way. Um, but I wanted to try to talk with him a little bit. And so I kind of did the same thing that I had done with the woman, just talking to him asked him if he had a problem in his leg, did he have pain and stuff like that. Before I could even really ask that question, I just, like I had already said, like, I would love to pray for you or like, can I pray for you? Um, muy rapido, you know, like just quickly, a quick prayer for you, blah, blah, blah. And he like is pointing to his leg and his knee and stuff. And I can't understand the majority of what he's saying, but I'm nodding and stuff. And I'm like, clearly he has a problem in his leg. I can pray for his leg. And so, he was a little bit surprised that I wanted to pray right then. I think he thought I was going to do it later, but I like put my hand on his shoulder and I'm just praying, you know, like a blessing over him and stuff and that the Lord would take away his pain, that he would heal his leg, that he'd be able to walk without a cane, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I was like, in el nombre de Jesus, amen. Um, and the man, you know, says amen with me and stuff. And he does the little like Catholic cross thing. I don't know what it's called, like on his chest. Um, 
and then just kind of like walks away and sometimes like even with the last team we would have them like check it right there you know be like do you feel better like try it out can you walk without the cane but that whenever you pray for healing it's not for you to like help your faith you already have faith and like I already have faith in God like I believe in God I have a relationship with him whatever whenever I'm wanting to pray for somebody it should be for the benefit of them it's not for me to see I could ask them because I would love to know if it worked or not but I think with the tension that I was feeling earlier you know I wanted to just pray for him and then even as he walked away I prayed a little bit more that like he would just not have pain and if it's not right now that he'd wake up without pain and not have to use the cane or whatever it is um I don't know just kind of interesting and so he walks away and stuff and was grateful and like smiled and I shook his hand and um and then just kind of like left and then I got here to the hostel my two friends Macy and Riss are here on this team and I found them in like this little study room um and we just had a good conversation about what I had been feeling kind of also some of this conflict and like also being able to keep in touch with my friends who are still in keto working with the Venezuelan refugees they're doing so many amazing things and I'm seeing their updates I'm also still a part of their group chat on Facebook messenger and stuff and I'm like hearing all the amazing things that they're doing and it's so like organized and purposeful and I started to kind of like doubt what I was doing here and I was like man I should I should have maybe stayed back with them like what am I doing here I'm just traveling around having a few conversations but like I'm clearly kind of conflicted you know like in my own mind about like what I'm doing and how much of a difference I'm making but Riss and Macy were super awesome were able to relate to me and feeling some of those same things backpackers ministry is very um, unique in that way but it's also like for the past 10 months we've had organized ministries organizations churches that we've been working with with like a schedule that we've been adhering to and now it's just all on us but it gives us a good sneak peek about what it's going to be like back in the states whenever it's just us taking the opportunities as they come but living regular normal lives and talking to people who speak English and stuff like you know just like being back in like a regular routine if I would have been with an organized ministry or church or whatever like I was last month if I would have had that this month and then would have went home right afterwards I would have gone home back to Missouri thinking like what am I doing right now you know like kind of not feeling purpose or whatever it is or just that transition would have been really weird so I think God has really blessed us with this time of being mobile and flexible and open and just having the time to process the year which is also really great um, this is not the group I expected to be with, so I know some of them kind of well, I know some of them better, some of them I'm, like, getting to know, like, almost from a base level, it's really cool, like, he's, he's put us together for a reason, but also to get us ready to transition back at home and kind of ease into things, because we will have had now a few weeks experience of, like, being back in the real world and, like, operating on our own time and desires and stuff, so that's really great, that's what the community of in the body of Christ does for each other like to encourage each other and build one another up so my conversation with Rissa Macy was really um helpful and encouraging um yeah I don't know it's good it's a good reminder though to just not feel like you have to check a box for ministry um it's good to know that we can just sort of run with things and see what happens that there's no pressure but also being willing to get uncomfortable and put yourself out there you know, and try new things, and not being afraid to talk to others. Um, yeah, that's kind of the majority of what's been happening. There's been a little, like, some other things here and there, but nothing super notable. 
I think I'm just excited to see what happens in the next couple of weeks before we go to final debrief. I had this really weird recognition a couple of days ago, like, wait, final debrief is this month. What? That's so weird. I, it just, it kind of hit me for a second. It also feels like our team has been gone for like two weeks, but it's been like five or six days. Like that's it. I think that we're leaving tomorrow from Cuenca to go to the region Banos, which is also very popular for tourism. It's more of like the rainforest um, and kind of like more adventurous activities and that sort of thing. So we've had like a lot of chilled laid back time, but being able to see a lot of really great things um, where Banos will be a little bit more, um, I guess like your typical adventure kind of style for Ecuador. Um, I'm still wanting to like, I think that God was calling me to like save more money this month. Obviously, we're like the, at the end of our line. It's been, you know, 10 months now. And so like whatever funds you had saved up, like you're getting down to like the last bit of it sort of. People have been super generous. Maybe also some of you who are listening to this and have like Venmoed me money and stuff. And that's been really amazing. Very helpful for whenever I've gotten into like kind of these like little pits where like I'm in like getting really tight on cash and stuff and so anyways I think for this month he was just like you know let's keep things simple and you don't have to have you know like extra little things to like keep you satisfied like find your satisfaction in me I'm gonna provide for you he gave me that great opportunity to go whale watching and stuff and so like in Banos I just want to be careful and not jump at every activity that comes my way I want to just um be open and see what happens with wherever I'm at and stuff and like being on a food budget is kind of funny too because we get money from the world race it's the money that we fundraised and so we get a budget allotted to us for housing and food and travel and stuff like that so that's like the majority of what I'm using and stuff but I've been like eating crackers and tuna and stuff like that but then also like get to go out a couple times like have like a decent meal with the team and like go to a restaurant or something um, so yeah, that's interesting. Um, and then yeah, we have final debrief at the end of this month when all 37 of us come back together. It's fun because I'm preparing a talk for the squad. Um, it's like a session, like a breakout session, um, but it's going to be for all of us. And it's called We the People, and it's talking about re-entering the United States after being gone for this amount of time, but coming back as a responsible citizen and informed voter. And I want to just catch people up on what's been going on. I want to have like basic civics kind of lesson, go over some of the basics of like our government structure and some of the systems by which we operate. I want to talk about the 2020 election, the candidates who are running and kind of go over like maybe the top seven or so. Um, of who are like ranked in the polls and like go over what their beliefs are, what their stances are, talk about the issues that are important to Americans this election cycle, all sorts of things. Like I have um, some fun like history stories and like, yeah, I have a lot planned. I've literally been working on this talk since Nicaragua, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama, Colombia. It's been like four months now that I've been working on this talk and I'll just like get it out every once in a while. It's on my iPad or I'll type something on my phone sometimes randomly when I'm like eating or like laying in bed right before I go to sleep and like we'll think of something. I've been adding to this talk and taking away and revising and editing and like yeah, it's been really cool. I'm listening to podcasts and reading articles and I want to I just want to condense all this information that I normally keep up with, but also 
this stuff that's been going on since we've been away, what's been going on in America, and I want to simplify it for people. That way they can kind of catch up and feel confident to go back to the United States and engage with people and like participate in stuff and like care for the health of our like society, like what's going on and like, but also recognize that they have a specific purpose that God has put on their life. They can live that out while caring for what they've been given as a citizen of the United States. That was kind of long-winded, but that's my vision for it. I do plan on recording it in case there's anybody that wants to watch it slash listen to it, um, if that interests you at all. <laughs> but yeah, um, and earlier today when I was writing some other stuff for it, I don't know, I've been processing just like some of the stuff that's been going on recently. I've seen what's been happening back at home in America while we're here in Ecuador. Um, obviously, these two recent mass shootings and my heart is just hurting along with everyone else. Um, there's like a sort of weird tension because I'm here in Ecuador, you know, and so I'm just kind of watching all this like unfold on social media and the news and I'm texting people from home and stuff like that. I'm talking to the people on my team um, off and on. And I just wish that like the nation had more time to mourn and heal and talk to each other about what's happening before politics get involved. And maybe I'm just reading and watching more things connected to the news than the average American. But I also know that a lot of us turn to social media or to our favorite news networks whenever this kind of tragedy happens. And it feels like we jump over the sensitive human parts of this stuff and quickly move to having really tough conversations. And there's a time and place for that, but those conversations easily get divisive. And we all know this. And I just want to encourage you to just not listen to everything that other people are putting out there. Like, what's the Lord telling you? And I'm telling this to myself as well. The news, Facebook, Twitter, etc. It all represents such a small fraction of our population. When we read these things online or watch the opinion videos or whatever, it creates a space for people to back into their corners and throw comments at the other side. When you actually have a real-life conversation with another human about an issue, about a recent tragedy, things are much more complicated, much deeper than just taking a quote-unquote liberal or conservative stance. You know what I mean? Like, we need to be engaging with each other and not sizing each other up, not putting each other in a box. Oh, this person said that they support the Second Amendment, so they don't care who has a gun in their hands. Or... That person on Instagram is calling for more gun control and saying that prayers aren't enough. I bet that they also hate the president. You know, like stuff like that, where we start to make assumptions about each other. It's so dangerous. And man, our phones and the way we exchange information and thoughts has drastically changed the way our country deals with things, how we move forward, how we solve problems. And I'm not about to get on some soapbox about technology. You're well aware of how different society is now because of our phones and stuff. But why do we allow these platforms to make matters worse? A real-life conversation with a person is so much more empathetic and personal than typing out a well-thought-out opinion that could be very true and insightful, but you're just hitting the post button and waiting for validation and a thumbs up. And things aren't so black and white when it comes to issues like this. It's really complicated. And it is weird being in another country while this stuff happens, because I'm having like some conversations with my team members. It's also me messaging 
some people at home, asking them what they think about it. It's me listening to a news podcast, hearing commentary from Washington that probably doesn't match the thoughts and feelings of a person that I know back in my hometown, or even a person from Texas or from Ohio. And then the same comments get made, the same people get blamed, and everything gets so tainted with misconceptions and impersonal responses. But one of the podcasts I was listening to today made this really interesting point about the difference between our political movements now versus political movements from our very recent past, specifically talking about the push for legalizing gay marriage a few years ago. It talked about how that movement moved quickly and changed our culture rapidly in such a short amount of time. In 2004, it was a huge issue that divided candidates running for president. And even in 2008, a lot of Democrats took different stances than what they do even today. Then the Supreme Court made the final decision to settle the argument and gay marriage was legalized in 2015. What was different about that movement, that push for legalization, was that lawmakers and politicians and those in those higher positions made real efforts to persuade people and make an argument that could build a new coalition. What was different about same-sex marriage was that there were actual efforts to persuade. There were actual efforts to go make arguments with Republicans who did not support gay marriage, to go and carry messages to conservative lawmakers and conservative media. They would hire, hire legal scholars and represent their cause, make a case to convince the conservatives to support same-sex marriage. I'm not necessarily taking a stance one way or the other about that issue specifically, but I want to point out the difference of how politicians or how people in the movement made an effort to kind of bridge that gap. When it comes to gun laws and the Second Amendment, when it comes to immigration, climate change, current issues happening right now, no one is trying to persuade anybody across the aisle. You don't see Republicans reaching out and building a bridge between ideas and forming a new coalition about immigration and the border. You don't see Democrats reaching out on climate change or leaders stepping up and finding compromise. And this is generally speaking, there are some people trying on both sides, but it's not this overall agreed, respectful effort. There isn't a big push to get past the hurdle and People are sticking to their own side of the aisle. And people really play into their bases whenever this happens. Those who agree with them and nothing gets solved and the problem is magnified. Solid change and progress happens when people with opposing views come together and shake hands and compromise. We have to take a step at a time when it comes to these issues. And I don't know what that looks like practically, like on a legislative level, but I know that as an average citizen who cares about the health of her country, I'm going to do the best to not back into my corner. I'm going to have hard conversations with people face to face, see their expressions, see their body language, hear their tone of voice. I'm not going to let the news or social media affect how I see things. I want to be informed, but I'm not going to just toss my opinion out there about a specific issue and see what sticks. I want to hear what people are saying in real life, how they're acting, how they're working to make a difference in their sphere of influence, how they're treating others in person rather than spend my time reading what they have to say over a screen. And you've got to give a little. You don't hang on so tightly to beliefs that could have been formed due to the culture around you or due to the political opinion that was purposefully put in your feed to get you more angry or incite a certain emotion in you. We can't act on those emotions and we can't make assumptions about other people. 
I don't know. Things are going to be okay. I believe that down to my very core. And I don't think it's blind optimism. I think I'm just confident where my joy and security comes from. And I know that God is not done with us yet. We humans are flawed, but we were created with really great purpose. We were designed to spread life and love and seek unity with others. I don't know. That's all I have on that. I don't want to like put my personal opinion on this platform using my podcast. You'll rarely, if ever, see me put an actual opinion or stance on a political issue on my Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. If someone comes to me personally, which people on my squad have done, and I'm so thankful for that, they've had one-on-one conversations with me. They've approached me when we're like sitting at the airport or we're like eating dinner or we're hanging out at our host house and they'll be like, you know, what do you think about President Trump? Or who do you think you'll vote for in the next election? Or I saw that you were watching the debate. Like, what happened? What are your thoughts? You know what I mean? Like, we're having, like, real conversations about it. I don't want to, like, get on my Instagram story or, like, make a Facebook post and say something. I've been so tempted to so many times. Sometimes I'll see someone post something and I'm like, I would love to, like, say something about that or dialogue with him. But I'm not going to do it over the phone because... I don't know, that just doesn't seem right. And that's fine. Like, use your own discretion. Just kind of ask yourself, like, why am I posting this? And so, yeah, I don't want to use my podcast. I don't know how many people listen to this or who it is specifically, but I don't want to put, like, my specific stance on gun rights or immigration or whatever or gay marriage that we talked about earlier as an example. Um, But I do want to kind of help... I don't know, like share some thoughts about how we can dialogue a little bit better, how we can like engage with one another about this. This is a little bit of a topic um, in that session that I'm writing right now for a final debrief, just like a small little piece of um, a bunch of things I want to talk about um, during that last week. But yeah, I don't know. The Lord put that on my heart. Um, Take it or leave it, whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's all I've got for you right now. It's only been 33 and a half minutes. Um, but really, like, I'm just going to continue to travel here in Ecuador, find some people to love on, and just see what doors God opens for me. I'm um, also just hoping to, yeah, like, connect with people on my squad before it's done. Like, I know at the beginning I wanted to, I at least expected myself to be with some of the people I feel closer to on the squad for this last part of the race. But God knows who I'm going to be connected with after the race is over. I think we talked about that a little bit in the last podcast. So I'm trying to just soak up the last moments that I have with some of them because some of them I might not see again, which sounds bleak, but it's just the truth. But I am excited to just see what happens um, in these next couple weeks. I'll keep you updated and hopefully check back in in another week or so and then have at least one other final podcast episode during our final debrief right before we go back. And if this is something I want to continue back at home in the States, we'll see. I'm going to think about it. Um, But yeah, that's all I have for you right now. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Instagram to see pictures from the journey. Um, Something quick about that too, we don't always have the opportunity to like take pictures of what happens with like ministry and like our outreach and the cool conversations we have what happened to me today even with those two different locals on the street like so you do see certain pictures of like the fun stuff or the more glamorous stuff but I try honestly the captions on Instagram are sort of a way that I journal sometimes I'm not super huge on keeping an actual physical journal I have been along the race but sometimes for me like 
I don't know, writing out a caption to go with the picture. I try to like make them really thoughtful about like actually what's going on in my head and in my heart. Um, and then, yeah, like the pictures, I really enjoy photography. And so some of them, some of the pictures are just more polished than what like our everyday interactions look like with people. But I don't want you to have like this idea that we're just like on some vacation. Like if there's anything I've learned, like in, especially in the last few months, like my last team was really huge on this. It's just life is ministry and ministry is life. Maybe I should be better about writing blogs, but this podcast has been a great way to keep up with people, and Instagram has also been a cool outlet for me, too. But yeah, you can follow me at American Morgan with an underscore in the middle. Um, and yeah, reach out to me if you like. I'd love for you to drop a comment or whatever. If you haven't subscribed, you can do so now. And then that way, any episode that comes up, and it'll like save to your phone, because I have to, I have to delete like the latest or no like the oldest episode basically every time I upload a new episode and so on my end I only have like two or three up right now but for those who have been subscribed for a while they have most of the episodes and that's just until I can afford to purchase a fuller like a bigger package on SoundCloud and then hopefully make all of the episodes available for the squad and for anybody else who's interested in listening and maybe even other people who are interested in doing the race I'd love to have all the episodes up eventually whenever I get back but for now this is what we have which is cool it's been great I'm not complaining I'm super thankful to have this outlet and a way to storytell so anyways that's all I have for you today thank you so much for listening and clicking on this today I hope it was insightful in some way um yeah I'll see you next time bye